In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. This morning, we continue our series on Acts of the Apostles, and we are getting closer and closer to Pentecost, where we will finish this entire book. But today, we get to a pivotal moment in the history of the church, Acts of the Apostles, that tells about how Jesus's early followers developed the church is this excellent story. And we have seen how the church has grown as people come to faith in Jesus. And we've seen how that growth has begun to extend beyond the Jewish people alone. First, we had the baptism of the Ethiopian eunuch. And then last week, we saw the baptism of Cornelius and his entire household. And what is really remarkable about this story is that very quickly, The followers of Jesus are telling his story, connecting his story to everything that God has been doing, and they were quite successful. In fact, as we see in today's lesson, too many people outside the Jewish tradition began to believe in Jesus, and that caused a little bit of a kerfuffle. And so today, we see the way in which the early church tried to solve the first big theological argument. Now, I know that it seems just incomprehensible that people within a church community would argue. I get that. I have one story of such an argument. In the parish where I previously served before coming here to St. Michael, I wanted to make a little change. I wanted to expand the music offerings at our early service in order to attract more people. And you would have thought, that's a nice change. But it was a change. And so people argued about not doing it a new way. So much so that we had a meeting and we discussed the hope that adding more music would bring in more people. And at the end of the meeting, one woman finally looked at me finger in my face, and said, it's as if all you want is more people to come to church. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) Now, you know, we might think a little change is okay, but when too much change comes, even if that change is moving us toward a good end, and we can rationally understand that good end, people can still resist. As more and more non-Jews were converted, were saved in faith in Christ, there was a big argument that resulted in this very first formal council of sorts in church history. We call this the Jerusalem Council. And the Jerusalem Council is really the first recorded debate and resolution about any significant idea in theology. Now, this council was very important, but what we might miss in today's story is that the authority at this council rested in a person named James. And so we're going to take a moment and say, who is James? James in the Gospels is referred to as Jesus's brother, and not like your brother, but like your actual sibling brother. And James is recorded as one of the people who did not believe in Jesus. So he is recorded in the Gospel of John as saying that he does not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And yet, in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, 
that Jesus appeared to James and that that changed his entire opinion of who Jesus was, and he had faith. James becomes a critical leader in the early church, and it kind of makes sense, right? If Jesus was a good guy, then his brother must be a good guy too. And as Peter begins to tell the story, he gets arrested and put in prison multiple different times, and James is that consistent presence for the early church, the consistent presence of leadership that builds to today's council. Now in this council, there is a big question that they seek to answer, and that big question is, do you have to be Jewish to be a follower of Jesus? Now, this makes rational sense. Jesus has been explained and understood as a fulfillment of Jewish prophecy. God chose the people of Israel way back when with Moses, and over time has revealed himself through the prophets so that everyone can understand Jesus better. So, wouldn't it make sense that you have to be Jewish in order to get this idea? Except, the Spirit has been doing a number of interesting things recently that seems to imply you do not have to be Jewish. And so the council debates what being Jewish means and how much is necessary, and it comes down with two clear decisions. The first decision is that nobody needs to be circumcised to follow Jesus. And all the Gentile men said, amen. <clears throat> Secondly, you had to keep the core of what being Jewish really meant, and that is the morality and the ethical way of living, putting God first and not any idols. And so you've got this, you don't have to necessarily do the physical stuff of Judaism, but what is the essence of Judaism is still absolutely core in following Jesus. James is the one who ultimately comes to the point and gets the entire group to coalesce around these ideas. His leadership makes all the difference. Now, leadership is one of those ideas that people talk about all the time. And I once heard a talk on leadership where the speaker said, in any organization, like a church, where the members of that organization have the choice whether to be in or out, Whenever a difficult issue comes up, about 20% of people will immediately be in favor of change. And about 20% of the people will immediately not want anything to change. But that leaves 60% in the middle who can really go either way and are open to good arguments and good ideas. Most of the time, in different groups like churches, People put all of their effort in trying to convince the 20% who are completely against the change that the change is good, rather than opening themselves up to that middle 60% and explaining the why and getting the majority, the great majority of the group to move ahead. In essence, that's what we see here today. Because what's really happening here is this healthy, future-focused dialogue with a decision about what is both thoughtful and faithful for their future. But this decision was not agreed upon by everyone. In fact, we see in this story that we just heard that there was no small debate 
And I can imagine that when you've got two verbose preachers like Peter and Paul arguing against each other, it was no small debate. And yet, the council ends with a compromise to do what was good for the church. And James wrote that this compromise seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. What a remarkable moment of clarity they came to with the Spirit. This group of people from very diverse backgrounds had very diverse opinions who all shared a passion for their own ideas, but also a genuine desire to follow Jesus, put everything out there on the table, and they prioritized their community and their relationships first in order to come to a decision together. And Acts says not everyone agreed with this. In fact, only the majority seemed to agree. But rather what they did is they put their faith in their belief that the Spirit was with them, that even though people may not have agreed, they all appeared to believe that the Spirit was guiding them into a future that allowed them to open their arms to every person. You know, following the Spirit is always a good idea. And I think that we may never be able to see that ultimately our destiny is a particular way that everything we do in the church is meant to reach a particular end. But thankfully, by the grace of God, we don't have to always know what will happen. Instead, we can trust. Trust God and trust one another. We can have faith that the Spirit is present when faithful people gather together. And we can be confident that God will always give us what we need now and in the future. What an incredible gift the Spirit can be whenever a group of people gathers together. And when we have faith, no matter what the Spirit may lead us into, we know that God will be with us every step of the way. Amen.